Happy New Year, Ed, and uh, Happy New Year happy to New Year. all the listeners. And uh, an especially Happy New Year to the good people of Manchester United Football Club who have blessed us in the absence of this podcast with four wins and a draw. Um, I mean, I don't know. We talked uh, just before we finished, we talked about how we'd know a lot more about United by the time this Christmas period was over. I guess if we take that to still be true, what we know about United is they're um, they're good. Are, are we good? Might might be good. Might might be good. Uh, there are, uh, as we were just talking off air, some parts of United's game that are not good, and we are one unfortunate injury away from probably not being very good in attack either. Uh, and so, uh, on that sort of precarious basis, uh, we have risen to. Joint top of the table. Boo! Boo! <laughs> um, no, I'm, I, I am jesting, of course. I do not believe in this. But but since the official Liverpool account claimed it, yeah, they were joint top earlier this season, uh, I think it's uh, it's all all right, isn't it? Anyway, um, those of you who were wanting Ollie out as your Christmas present, I'm afraid you were rather disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Over this period. Um, because Ollie... Were you disappointed, Paul? No, no, no. I mean, the uh, the dream scenario of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer turning out to be good, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be wrong, happily wrong, every single day of the week, if that turns out to he, be He certainly case. picked a good period with uh, Pochettino signing a contract at uh, PSG. Poch lay there in wait, hoping to be wrapped up in a bow by Edward Wood, but... Uh, he he did not get his wish, so he's uh, hot-footed it over to Paris to sign an presumably eight, uh, an eighteen-month deal. Yeah, when does Ollie's deal run out again? <laughs> Can we... Yeah, because I mean, I suspect probably managing PSG is a bit more of a cushy job than managing United, really, in general. But anyway. So uh, we we recorded after the Sheffield United game, and um, rather. Yeah, rapidly after that, uh, United went and thrashed Leeds. Good, good timing for the the break. Yeah, so wouldn't you say it was amazing? So obviously we had a lot of people messaging saying like, "Oh, emergency podcast, emergency podcast." I was like, "Nope, I'm having an emergency Christmas holiday. No podcasting here." But I sort of celebrated the fact that I wasn't going to have to cover the game um, by like putting in, putting Sky Sports on or whatever channel it was on. And then, um, like, going and making some food, thinking, oh, it doesn't really matter if I miss the first 15 minutes of this. Um, and then I came back and United were 2-0 up. And I was really confused. It was 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes on the clock when I was like, have I read that right? Has something strange happened? So I rewound it and watched Scott McTominay's absolute masterclass from the beginning. And do you remember earlier this season... Watching Leeds and going, oh my God, they are going to batter us. Well, it turns out, no, they're going to leave the most space you've ever seen in your life for Man United. Yeah, look, uh, Ollie, I think it's fair to say he's still a work in progress as a manager. Uh, and uh, all all the um, the sort of uh, Twitterati and data people and most of the pundits, uh, like have it taken as read that he's no good and United are selling themselves short. But the one thing we do know about Ollie is he, he finds systems for games, you know, big ones. And, and he, uh, he, he does have an analytical mind and he is able to pick apart um, opposition's weaknesses and, 
Uh, and in this case, he was less worried about Leeds high press than uh, we were. Uh, and and much more focused on um, countering uh, Leeds flooding United's defensive zone with with players and uh, certainly I mean like the first two goals were nothing to do with the counter at all um, but that's how as how we racked up six uh, and and Leeds just didn't change I guess you know Bielsa has said they're not going to change and and there are certain. Uh, people out there have managed to to work out how to play them and get the get the most out of it, in, including uh, your best mate Jose. Yeah, boo. Um, more on him in the backers content. Um, I believe I said uh, during the preview of this game. I think my words were it would be a gargantuan error to start Scott to start Scott McTominay and Fred in midfield but it turned out that I'm a gargantuan idiot and in fact it was exactly the right decision and Scott McTominay literally scored two goals in the first three minutes which is a really good way of being wrong like when you, if you're going to be wrong you've got to be, be spectacularly wrong right that's, that's... It is, it's best to go all in I'd say yeah the one uh... Uh, I mean look the, the it's uh in your defense uh, playing a double pivot against Leeds, a Leeds team that is um, much stronger offensively than defensively, uh, felt um, felt a bit cautious, right, when you see the team sheet. Um, you know, albeit there's plenty of attacking talent ahead of them, obviously, uh, and Daniel James. Sorry, it's cruel. No, it's cruel, I was, that's but... what, that was the next thing I was going to talk about, um, was, was Dan James. Because uh, I think Dan James is our worst player by absolute mile but I actually thought it was a really really smart very much a one-off it's not like James played his way into the team or anything it was just like there is going to be acres of space in behind and also Dan James works really hard off the ball he'd be a real asset in that game and he was a real asset in that game I mean there were numerous occasions where United players definitely chose not to pass to him because they don't want him to have the ball. But he scored a nice goal at the end of it, and he he worked his socks off from from minute one. He he did. I mean, he certainly looks better with forty yards of space ahead of him yeah. in which to run. Yeah. When he's caught up with the ball and has to do something with it, less so, less so. But look, um, as I, as I was saying in, in your defence, uh, Scott McTominay pinging one in from twenty five yards after a minute. You know, it's not what people were expecting, let's be honest. Uh, and then pinging another one in yeah, 90 seconds later, that, it was, you know. That goal, both of those goals were absolute peaches as well. And the the way he took the ball for the second and kind of dragged it into a position from which he could slip it past the keeper was m- m- amazingly impressive. And I, I don't know if you saw the, the little compilation that was doing the rounds of some Leeds United YouTube watch-along um, of the first two minutes of that and just United fans going, they've waited 16 years for this. And this is... They're 2-0 down in three minutes. Such a such a weird team, Leeds. Yeah, I mean, so you know, they're quite close to the relegation zone. I, they, you'd think they've got enough points in them to, to not get dragged into that. But but as the season goes on, there's going to be an awful lot of teams letting them have the ball and then, uh, then trying to break on them. So anyway, I, I guess we shouldn't litigate the whole game in detail because uh, this will be a four-hour pod. But, there, but other notes from that game? Well, I just want to say... They're 12 points above the relegation zone and there are one, two, three, four, five 
teams between them in the relegation zone. So it's like they're not like teetering on the brink or anything. They, they've got double the number of over double the number of points the team in 18th have got. So I'm not sure that's a particularly accurate. I mean, I know I know United fans get very upset when Bielsa gets any praise and Leeds get any praise and. And Martin Tyler and Gary Neville were sort of very positive about Leeds all the way through that game. But I actually thought the reaction to that was a was a was a little misguided because I, I don't think well, certainly not Gary Neville. Um but Tyler, I, I think they were just saying they make football fun. Having Leeds around makes football fun, which it does. And Gary there was a really good Gary Neville line where he was like Martin Tyler was saying, um, Hey, everyone likes Leeds now. That's a bit strange, isn't it? And Gary Neville said, Eh, fans aren't back yet. <laughs> which I thought was a really, a really good line. Uh, but yeah, a fantastic game. I mean, like, unbelievably fun. But you're right, we won't, we won't litigate the specific detail of everything we've missed. So then we moved on to Leicester, and I guess United are on a massive high. No, we, and... we played Everton before that. So oh, it was, we, that's true. It was the... Completely forgot about Everton. Everton in the League Cup, which was an outstanding performance. Just really, really controlled, dominant, uh, always on top in that game against an Everton side that was, you know, in the middle of a good run, uh, and um, didn't didn't get the rewards till late in this game, uh, and took a what a, a you know a, an outstanding finish from a world class finisher from uh, Edison Cavani to to really wrap it up. Yeah, what a goal that was! By the way, like you're right, the first half performance. I mean, I have to say this was a game I was actually planning not to watch because I was planning to do some other stuff that evening, and then I saw the team sheet, and it was. Um, well, well, I'll just go from basically Pogba, Van der Beek, Fernandez, Greenwood, and Cavani all started. I was like, I'm watching this game. I'm, I am certainly watching this game. And they were they were scintillating. Basically, they played beautiful football for that first half, and and like you say, um, got the rewards late on with that that Cavani left foot finish, which is, I mean. So difficult, but he just he really does make it look easy. I mean, uh, I have to say he's he's had some you know poor games in this period as well um which we'll get on to but uh he was good in this one um against Everton and and just an outstanding finish yeah and then Martial capping it off and he he kind of needed a goal um and yeah and then scored again in the next one and and oh no he didn't score again in the next one no, that's incorrect but then he scored he scored in the villa game didn't he um yeah a, a great performance and through to the semi-final obviously we got city in the semi-final obviously that's being played next that's the next game it's on wednesday this week yeah and it looks like you'll definitely go ahead with city city have had a uh, covid in the camp but uh, they played their game against chelsea today it's very good they were too yeah yeah, not at all daunting. Rather ominously so. Uh, and this is one leg uh, just because of the amount of games and so on. It's uh, ab- absolutely relentless. So, And presumably 90 minutes and penalties. I haven't actually checked the rules. I'm by sure team, it so. will be, yeah. Yeah. I think everything is. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that one. We'll we'll, uh, we'll do a preview later. Uh, and then on to Leicester. Leicester. Leicester was a weird one because actually United were continued their... I'm obviously changing personnel, but continue their form from the Everton match in that it was extremely controlled. And um, apart from the the scoreline, United were quite dominant in this game, much, much as, um, you know, different style of game, but much as the game that United needed to win at the back end of last season, which was only like uh, two and a half weeks ago or whatever it was. <laughs> um 
you know, they, they were always pretty comfortable, except for a couple of absolutely brain-dead defensive moments. Yeah, and they're both just after we'd taken the lead as well. So it was, it was a real... And now, I'm actually not going to massively hammer them for this because this is... You know, we talked beforehand about how there was going to be some low-quality moments in this period of time just by the sheer condensed volume of football and, and you know, for them switching off, losing concentration, all those kinds of things. We've seen all sorts of funny results. Liverpool failing to beat Newcastle and West Brom. Like, there's there's been a lot of stuff's gone on. So I, I'm, I'm happy enough to put it down to that. Although it also hints at the, the broader problems United have defensively because these were not exactly majorly out of character, were they? No, they weren't. And they weren't really fatigue-related, I don't Men- think. Mental I mean, fatigue, though. I'm talking me- about mental, mental fatigue. Mental fatigue does count for something, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, look, uh, Harry Maguire switched off for the first one. Bruno's lost the ball. And then everyone's ball-watching after that. Second one's even worse. I mean, first one looks horrendous uh, because, you know, don't pick up the man, loose in possession, miscontrol from Bruno, doing something stupid in front of his own goal, basically. Uh the second one, though, there's five players, five players attracted towards the ball. Not one of them thinks, you know, is Vardy going to step away from the five <laughs> players that are attracted? Because, look, he's a good forward. Mm. Of course he's going to do that. He took what, all, that's all he had to do, just step away. N- neat finish, but uh, just horrendous from a sort of coaching point of view. It's super frustrating as well because United, I mean, United were dominant in that game. I mean, double the XG of Leicester's two to two basically almost exactly two one in terms of expected goals but um Leicester like made the most of that that first chance um and then yeah it's so very deeply frustrating I can't even remember the United goals in that game I'm sure I would remember them if uh, if I saw them again they were scored by Fernandes and Rashford no nothing nothing's coming back to me about those I have to say um, I'm sure they'll... should have watched all the goals first, yeah. shouldn't I? Wow. Uh, because uh, yeah, well, whatever. Everyone's seen them, so yeah, yeah. It's all fine. good, weren't they? Good. And 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 in the end, it was a very frustrating result, but it's definitely not a bad result. Two all away at Leicester, like it's you know they they are no. A good I mean, side. Leicester are just a weird team this uh, this season, aren't they? They're winning a lot of games and losing a lot of games, but there, there's so much quality in that um, that squad. Well, they're the only right. frustrating because it was a good performance. They're the only other team that's won ten games in the league so far this season. The only other team apart from Oli Solskjaer's tricky Reds, Oli Solskjaer's relentless winning machine Reds. Talking of relentless winning machine, simultaneously easily the worst game of the break and easily the biggest goon I have personally experienced sat in <laughs> this very chair watching all of these games. Um, the horrible life-sapping experience of watching a Wolves team that wants nothing more than a nil-nil draw. It wants that nil-nil draw like the kid wanted the the Christmas present, the, the PS5 this year. Like, like oh God, every yeah. bit, every cell in their collective system was just going, oh, inject a nil-nil draw into my veins. And for, for, for Nuno, it's 90 minutes of foreplay. <laughs> And and then he's just waiting for the money shot of the clean sheet at the end, and uh, and we denied that him. I mean, what a bus parking Mourinho stan, you know, joy killing, 
anti-football. Oh, God, and he's almost guaranteed to be the next United coach as well because <laughs> some bloody agent, we know which bloody agent, will recommend him to Ed Woodward. It's uh, just, please, just burn my eyes out if that happens. It's not going to. There's no, just zero chance. That's never going to happen. And um, and a game like this is part of the reason why. I mean, I think there was a lot of jokes around of like people going like, how much of my life have I spent watching Man United against Wolves? It feels like a lot because everyone has watched. So we played them seven times last season. There was barely a good game in there. Although actually the first game last season was the best half of football we played in the first half of the season. Um, but <laughs> the the sheer like watching Roy Patricio um time waste at 70 minutes at nil nil against United like a team that by the way like if you want to try they'll give you a chance I, I did see people defending Wolves and obviously Jimenez's injury and they'd had they did have a bunch of injuries and they they'd played I mean this was horrible scheduling we'd played four days earlier and they played two days earlier which is ridiculous that should never and if we were the other way around we'd be fuming at that oh sure yeah and, and in fact you know with the Leicester game coming early Saturday morning Ollie made a big deal about that and rightly so because of the lack of preparation time and yeah, it's deeply unfair on on teams to have so much more preparation time more you know Having to turn it around in 48 hours is pretty unfair, but it's going to happen this season. Yeah. But but to, to not have a level playing field yeah. when your opposition had, has had so much more prep time. Um, but look, they played they play this way against a park side. So but, it's, uh, it didn't change anything for them other than, you know, maybe they ran out of steam by the 92nd minute. And Rashford took full advantage. He kind of said like he'd seen that their fullback was struggling a bit. So he decided he was going to try and skin him the next time and uh, cut inside and one ricocheted in off Sace. Yeah. Um I mean, look, this this was frustrating for a long time. I mean, the pundits have it as a great defensive performance by Wolves, of course, because they always do a uh, little club versus big club. Uh, but United didn't create that much. I mean, there's the Bruno Fernandes um, opportunity in the first half, one from Edison Cavani... Um, the header, uh, and then the XG will have Edison Cavani as missing a, an open goal right near the end. But that's, yeah, it's totally misleading, it was, of course. Yeah, it was the one where, so Bruno jumped and kind of knocked it with the outside of his boot, nearly scored a cracker. And then the, the keeper pushed it out and Cavani overheaded it. Like, I don't understand that. That comes up as like a 0.75 XG chance where it was actually like almost physically impossible to score the goal. Yeah, that's that's because that's that's all about pre-shot XG, not post-shot. Because the post-shot, I'm sure, will be tiny. I haven't seen the data, but uh, yeah. Anyway, frustrating, but um, yeah, Marcus took advantage of their hobbling fullback and and finally shot because you know he can. That, that's when he's at his best, right? Because stuff happens when he runs at someone, yeah. especially into the box, and takes a chance at a shot. And I'm never sorry to see Marcus Rashford shooting. Mm from whatever angle, because, you know, he makes stuff happen when he does that. When he's tentative and not quite sure about things, that's that's when we don't get the best out of him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so I went absolutely mad at that point because it, it felt like it was gone and it was such a... I can't remember the specifics of the way that the other results had gone, but this one felt like that was... It was a massive, massive to turn that point into three points at that point. Um, and, and I tweeted like that's not Wolves haven't been hard done by there they haven't shown any positive intent for about 30 games in a row so they deserve everything that was coming to them and I meant that slightly tongue-in-cheek but only slightly um 
that game then uh, was followed by that, which was a terrible watch that United won in the end. It was followed by, like, with the exception of the Leeds game, uh, probably the 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 most entertaining game of the break, uh, a, a cracker for the neutral, I would imagine, featuring some really superb play by certain members of the opposition. Um, but in the end, a, a fantastic and deserved United win as we as we beat Villa two one. Yeah, and a, a really good performance. I mean, obviously Villa have got their goal, um, and you know they've been in great form. And for what all of three minutes, it looked a bit dicey, didn't it? Right at the end, um, you mean? It was, <laughs> well, yeah, right at the end, and also the the gap between them scoring and right, yeah. Bruno getting his customary penalty. Um, and and yes, Villa did push hard at the end. Uh, there was a game saving tackle from um, everyone's favourite defender. Um, and but but this was a deserved point. Uh, three points from United. Uh, another good performance. Uh, I think it would be easy to underestimate how good Villa are. They massive upgrade. Very good purchases in the summer. This allowed them to play in a way that you know they do. Um, they're not a 60% possession side. They do mix it up a bit. They do play a lot of games on the break because they have a lot of pace up front and people who can make stuff happen, especially from um, set pieces, which they're very strong at. Uh, but this is a very good Villa side, a big upgrade from last season uh, and and very dangerous because they've been winning a lot of games. And Grealish is a superstar. I mean, he's, he's having an unbelievable season the highest expected assist in the league he's he's just i mean he's just superb he's superb to watch he's incredibly productive he is a phenomenal phenomenal footballer and and it remains to be seen whether the size of his new contract at villa is is going and his love for the club or whatever is going to is going to keep him there for any i'm meaningful. sure he's got some ambition he, surely surely I mean, look, they've done well this this summer, but uh, Villa are not a club with their current ownership that are that are heading into Europe and and all of that kind of stuff, right? So, um, I don't know what the story they've told him about their ambitions, but the last ten years at Villa should tell you something different. If they told you a really upbeat, well, they swapped and positive. They've story. got a different. They swapped owner, owners, they? Yeah. yeah. No, I know that. Yeah, um, but uh we'll see i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some kind of um if not a gentleman's agreement then an actual agreement on on a fee that he's able to go for uh, but you know there aren't too many who could afford a nine figure fee or whatever mm. it is uh, and united seem to have other targets so um although there's a lot talked about him previously before he signed his contract you know you'd think he'd want a big stage though for these talents yeah cuz they they are prodigious Talents as prodigious as his calves. Man United's opener in this was an absolute joy. So it starts with Pogba, who, by the way, has, guess what? <laughs> guess what I'm about to say? Has been absolutely superb almost all the way through the Christmas period. Um, but he, like, his little flick over his head, and then he doesn't wait for the ball to come down. He takes advantage of his height and heads it onto Rashford. The, the touch from Rashford with the outside of his boot to Wambasaka, who burns the Villa fullback for pace, puts in a beautiful cross, which Martial stoops for a diving headed number nine finish. And I mean, this was absolute liquid football, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, it was lovely. And, and uh, obviously I've spent many an hour 
talking about Juan Pazaka's uh, lack of delivery from wide areas, and this was a perfect, perfect one for the diving header. Uh, the United official Twitter account shortly afterwards tweeted, Juan Pazaka has the most number of assists in the Premier League this year. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And it took me quite a while. And so, no, I was like, no, no way, FBRFs. <laughs> I just don't believe it. But of course... Uh, this is this year, <laughs> calendar year, yes. first game of the, and all of that. So uh, yeah, um, but good for good for him. I mean, he has actually not had the best of time no. this season, Wambazaka, and, and not actually particularly good Christmas period. He's been caught out of position quite a few times, and those sort of uh, spider legs. I think that's his nickname, isn't it? Spider um, have you know, have been necessary, but. He really switched off uh, one of the Leicester goals, right? No, no, Villa goal. The Villa goal he really switched off for. He's he's arguing with the ref about a free kick. Um, and they've tried to play twice. I mean, they telegraphed it mm-hmm. by trying to play it. Um, and he still didn't clock. Um, and, and so we saw sort of the best hand and the worst of, of Wan-Bissaka in one game. But good for him for getting the assist. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he's a young player. I'm hoping the dip and the problems are... Are part of his progress to towards something better. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be confident about that. Obviously, I know I've championed him for a long time, so that's not a surprise. Player I've uh, not so much championed for a long time, who has been really impressive uh, whenever he's played this Christmas. On the other side, uh, Luke Shaw, who I thought was superb against Aston Villa. A lot of negative attention from one misplaced header in the first half, but a real threat going forwards, incredible like energy and dynamism. Luke Shaw, you know, the player that we all thought Luke Shaw was, and I, I don't want to be overly simplistic about this, but it does look like the arrival of Tellez and a genuine competi- competition for places definitely seems something's working anyway, for sure, at the moment. And he, he just looks, I mean, you know, he was getting hammered on this show every week for, was it was it the first, was it the beginning of this season? I guess it might have been, yeah. Um, I, I'd say the last five <laughs> five years or so. But particularly, it, all hope looked lost at the beginning of this season. But he's really, it's really come good. Yeah, he look, he needs to stay fit. So this this new and improve, and then there has been an improvement, especially on the defensive side. Not too many mistakes, uh, which was a major weakness. You know, when he was an eighteen year old, it was all about the attacking side. He's lost that, um, but I think he's he's providing some. Good balance to United's attack down the left hand side. He's he's not getting Andy Robertson numbers or anything like that, but you know, fine. Good balance um, offers options, works well with whatever players playing down the left, um, and has been very solid performer for United. Now, whenever that's happened in the past, he's got injured. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so his... you know, his his entire season really rests on him staying fit because if he's not, Alex Tellers will come in and. And, um, you know, as we saw in what game was it? The Wolves game. Tellers loves a cross. Mm. Right? So he likes to get forward and put a cross. Not always super productive. Uh, he put like 18 in against Wolves. That's probably a lie, but it was quite it a lot. Felt like, it felt like we, we'd never seen anything other than... Uh, we'd always been watching Alex Tellers cross the ball. If that's how it felt in that yeah. game. Um, but but if it's Tellers that is, is uh, helping to prompt... Shaw into a re-evaluation of his career uh, and uh, what it means to be a Manchester United player, then perfect. £18 million or whatever euros, I think it was. Very well spent. And talking of money well spent, 
we should spend some time lavishing praise upon a player who is, I mean, I, I've certainly found like intensely frustrating occasionally and um, a, a truly unique player in world football, but a player that is having, this isn't building up to a joke. I am, I'm going to talk about Bruno Fernandes. I haven't got, oh. I haven't got someone else in mind. Um, I thought you, I thought it, Oh, and Eric Bailly, actually. Eric that could have worked. <laughs> um, but Bruno, I mean, it's nice to have Eric Bailly in the centre of defence alongside Harry Maguire. He's our best centre-back by a long chalk um but but bruno has been utterly magnificent i mean uh, you know um the the thing about him kind of giving the ball away unnecessarily and and uh, i saw some chat on twitter today about just how hilarious his his overall pass map of his like all his games is because the ball just always goes forward and never passes backwards. Um, in the Villa game, there were a couple of times where he played like a nice little simple pass and it helped United so much. If he can add just, just 5 to 10% of the time to take a safer option. And I wonder whether the better the team is, the more he's going to do that, the more he's going to feel like he doesn't have to make something happen every single time he's on the ball. There's not much evidence of that so far, but <laughs> no. yes. Yeah. And and I think especially in European competition that that is probably true. But but it's like how many Oli talked about it. He he brought it up at one of the press conferences over the, the Christmas period. He's he said it's you know it's a, he didn't use these words, but he basically said it's a gamble worth taking. Yeah. Which of course it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Because his his gold con what's his gold contribution this calendar year thirty odd. Yeah. Right. I mean it's, it's more it's than insane. You know? More than games played since he signed for United, he scored or assisted more goals than he's played games. Like that's. That that's absolute world football elite levels, and without Bruno Fernandez, I mean, I like. There's a lot of players I like in this team, and there's a lot of good players in this team. But without Bruno Fernandez, United are not the second in the table, level on points with top. Like obviously, he is an existential difference maker, and it's utterly clear that he's having a an an overall lifting, leading by example, leadership, you know, all of that stuff. It oozes out of him. And he's a born leader. It's it's really obvious. He is. Um, now, outside of Bruno, I mean, he, he, he basically played the point of a diamond, although... The way they set up at the beginning was basically four, two, three, yeah, one, double Pogba pivot, and Pogba off the left, and, and it looked like that for a lot of the game. Rashford off the right, um, but um, but occasionally, you know, more more of a diamond. But um, you know, it, it worked for Pogba Brilliant. in this this situation. I mean, he was excellent. Um, he wasn't quite as good against Wolves, but neither was anyone yeah. really. It was kind of life. Bruno definitely wasn't. No. It's you know, they suck the life out. Suck the colour out, out of a rainbow could walls. <laughs> yeah, they could. Um, but, um, but in this one, Pogba, excellent. And uh, he, he he provides a lot of balance. Obviously, he's not going to dribble um, uh, up the touchline in quite the same way. He's not going to provide the direct goal threat that Rashford would in that position, for example. But a lot of balance to the team. thought he was uh, you know, overall excellent. His numbers are really good. He's been good over this period, as you said. Um, all the uh, the chat about Mino Rayola and him never playing for the club again and all that kind of stuff has disappeared because he's an asset, mm. not the asset we wanted four years ago. But um, but United are better for having Pogba in this kind of form than than not. I mean, any kind of uh, title conversation. 
Pogba's going to have to be really good between now and the end of the season for us to be in that conversation. And so, so are some other players. And it's still, I think, well, all the data would suggest it's a big long shot. But one thing that I wanted to mention, actually, you said earlier that the, you know, the Twitterati and your data nerds and your analysts and your tactical analysts all think Solskjaer's rubbish. But there's nothing in the data that suggests Solskjaer's rubbish, that United are barely overperforming right now uh, compared to the data. I mean, if you if you sort the, the, the league table only by expected points, United drop a number of places. But these are very fine margins because it's all pretty tightly packed. And and certainly over this Christmas period, there hasn't been the only result that's an anomaly versus the data is the Leicester game, which we didn't win when we should have done everything else. We, the metrics all look great. Like United are creating chances. They're taking chances. Yeah. They're, they're conceding a reasonably high number of chances. And, and I think one of the big problems is that conceding a chance is a, like the 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 type of chances we concede do tend to be because someone's had a malfunction and and they're fairly substantial chances yes and 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 also because uh, Lindelof and Maguire have zero recovery pace so there's there's we don't get away with yeah. it right now with Eric Bailly in the team we might get away with it a bit more yeah. as we saw in the last minute of this game absolutely um because Maguire made a mistake um uh, missing the header right and and um, eventually, the chance comes, and and Eric Bailly's pace and understanding, uh, and bravery, yeah, um, all came into one to to make that game saving block. Uh, that, but but look, um, on the you know the expected points, yeah, United are like five better than they should be, but that's really only about Brighton and and West Ham games, yeah. and and Brighton game, United weren't that bad. I mean. It's unusual to get a penalty after the final we were whistle, bad. for we were sure. Bad if I remember that game, so, and West Ham was pretty frustrating for large parts. But uh, but you, you, we will get those results. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't I don't think it's really fair to say United drop five or six places. That's only because it's so tight. Yeah, exactly. And and um, the the landscape of I mean, we'll talk in the backers content about what a kind of remarkable Christmas period it's been. I mean, Arsenal have just won three in the bounce. Chelsea keep losing every game. Liverpool have dropped points. You certainly wouldn't expect them to have dropped. It's been, you know, Spurs have, like, until they uh, faced the tonic of, like, Bielsa's leads. Even that game, like, that game could have gone real, real different. If But Spurs just kept sitting back on 1-0 leads and it not working out for them. Uh, so, you know, like, certainly at this point, top four... Top fours, we were we were talking three months ago or even two months ago and sort of like top fours looking really shaky. Now you'd be sort of relatively confident that United will get into the Champions League and things things change really quickly. They do. I mean, United are a one, well, one and a half defeats uh, away from not being in of the top course, four. Yeah. Right? A defeat and a draw, yeah. right? Because it's, it's so tight. Yeah. I mean... United 33 points run down to 10th, West Ham on 26. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and lots of, as we've seen, yeah, yeah. Liverpool have only lost the once, but they're dropping points. Uh, and it's giving everyone else an opportunity. Now, the interesting thing is when we get to May, and we'll, you know, when we get to May, was United's like decision not to take advantage of the summer window and, throw all their money into, I don't know, Sancho J, for example, or, or a central defender, 
was that a big mistake? You know, it, is this the season when we could have a Leicester-like anomaly where not the best team wins? Or no, <laughs> when Man you know, United win the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are the new Leicester. <laughs> I mean, if that's what it takes. Um, but, you know, w- will that be seen as a mistake? W- were United a bit short-sighted? We'll, we'll see. We've got a few months until that But happens. it was a mistake. We know that already. We, we knew that at the time. It's evident. Yes, it? but the size of the mistake, yeah. yeah. We were thinking it could be the, the mistake that stops United qualifying for the Champions League so we can go out in the group stage again when it might actually stop United making a real shot at the title. We'll see. Um, it's unbelievable that here we are on the 3rd of January, talking about the title. And and not like gung-ho. I mean, I, I tweeted 21 in 21 as a sort of little joke thing. Um, but it's, you know, not in a spectacularly gung-ho way, but just you have to talk about the, the, the potential that United are going to be involved in the conversation around the, the Premier League title. And, and you know, it's... It is, it is no longer not in the realms of possibility. And, you know, I, this is the thing that this is a theme that I've gone on and on and on about, but this is good players versus bad players this season and good players are winning by miles. And as a lot of people have pointed out as well, that, you know, there's been some team sheets shared about how far we've come when we were having Pereira and Lingard and Matter, And, you know, the, these were the, like in and around the first 11 that Dan James was playing every week. And, you know, there's there's been progress in the squad building department and you know we've hardly talked about Cavani he's got the the three game ban he's one game into that I think that was I don't think that's a controversial decision I think it's absolutely obviously the the correct decision and they they were kind of at pains to say this isn't a kind of an accusation of racism it's about using inappropriate language kind of thing um it was the right well the way the we don't need to because we had a long chat about it before but the way the FA have uh, constructed their rules. I mean, he basically was already guilty yeah. of a breach of their rules. Yeah, exactly. Whether you like that or not. Yeah. So this was a fairly inevitable outcome. I yeah. Think. And and I think it's been handled reasonably well by all concerned, um, to be fair. Um, so that's that's he's gonna be back and he you said he'd had some really bad games this this well, I didn't think he was very good against Wolves. Uh, um, tough game to make a real impact, but yeah, no one. I think was, that was like... one of the ones where his movement didn't really show. Yeah, I mean, I think I do think it was really difficult because he had to move past eleven players to do anything. Um, uh, one other player I wanted to mention though before we sort of move on and start talking about previews and stuff uh, is David de Gea, who I mean, he was dropped. Dean Henderson got the nod against Sheffield United because it was Sheffield United. He made that big howler, and you know, um, but. I think Dave's been really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I, I think I said at the time I didn't think it was being dropped. I think that was a sentimental decision from Ollie because he does that now and again. Um, because why Sheffield United, um, other than they're absolutely rubbish and uh, they keep losing games, sixteen games oh, so far. Dear. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. They were definitely in the game for a while the other day. <laughs> As you like to say, on the backers' content, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, I yes, maybe this this is another one where competition has helped to sharpen his focus a little bit, as as was hoped at United. Now, uh, if we get to the end of the season and and Henderson hasn't played very many games, um, then we might have a different problem. We'll we'll have a player on a hundred grand a week contract that's not very happy. I mean, we had one in Sergio Romero who just swapped out a hundred grand a week reserve goalkeeper, I suppose. 
Uh, but that's, that's for another day. And, and presumably Henderson will play against City in midweek and will play in the uh, Europa League games against Real Sociedad coming up whenever soon february, february yeah it normally starts again yeah. i need really only know that from football manager like that's that's why i've got i have this sense that yeah february is when you have to start thinking about europe again um the uh the i guess um another interesting point of conversation about the the last month or so or couple of weeks is is the form of anthony martial who has taken a lot of criticism and not scored a lot of goals this season at all after really upping his goal return and looking really like a a number nine last season and um barely having a kind of sustained dip in form he has had a sustained dip in goal scoring form this season but i do think he's actually for the most part even when he's not been scoring he's been playing quite well um it's not like he's looked really off the pace or you know there's been a lot of like nice back to goal play a lot of you know nice uh contribution around uh build up play he obviously links up really well with Pogba um they they you know if you look at the the heat maps of that Villa game you can see they're definitely in each other's zones a lot but but they sort of seem to combine well there um but he, he struggled in front of goal and it was really nice to see him score such a sort of number 90 number nine goal uh against Villa yeah, I mean, his um, number of shots he takes has dipped as well. So he's it's uh, it's not been a great first half of the season. I think um, again, you know, in the uh, in the hypothetical world in which United make a sustained title challenge, he's going to have to score double figures in the league in the second half of the season, or a little bit over the second half of the mm-hmm. season, isn't it? I think that's fair. You know, he he would have, yeah twenty twenty some games or something is. Um, and uh, we need that from him, and he can certainly do it. Um, and then uh, the uh, the use of Greenwood, I think, has been quite smart. He's been in and out of the side. He's been used fairly conservatively. And Van der Beek still can't get a look in. The only game he started this whole time was the was the Carabao game. I wonder if he'll start the Carabao game against City. I guess that's a big question. Um, but I. You know, I wonder also whether he'll have a big role to play injury or not um, as as a bit more rotation stuff kicks in. I think Solskjaer's rotated pretty well. Like, they, there has been... He has mixed it up. He has alternated between Fred and Matic and McTominay. They've all played plenty of minutes and, you know, he, he's not left anyone too exposed. And he's he's doing a pretty bang-up job right now, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, uh, there will be there will definitely be some rotation. This is going to be where it really kicks in. That Ollie's squad management has to be has to be sensible. Um, I mean, he might well put out a fairly strong side against City. Yeah, you know, a few changes for sure because there's changes every game. Uh, but there's Watford after that, and then it's Burnley. So, which you know, obviously is um, a tough game, but. Uh, you know, one where you can afford to rotate a bit, and then it's Liverpool. I mean, it's completely relentless. There is apparently a week off between United playing away at Fulham and home to Sheffield United between the twentieth and the twenty seventh of January. FA Cup. I don't believe F- it. There's got to be another game in there. Somewhere. FA Cup fourth round, surely. FA Cup fourth round. That's why there's. <laughs> yeah. the, that's why there's the week off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, and presumably we will have a fourth round tie. Um. So yeah. Yeah, completely relentless, uh, and and before you know it, we're into February with those Europa League games. Um, so he he'll get some games, Donny. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's uh, for the for the moment, he's. I looked it up because um, there was a debate on Twitter 
which I didn't join in uh, about you know whether he's being used or not. Um, and because he has a lot, he looks like he's got a lot of appearances. But there are fourteen players that have got more minutes than him this season. You know, so that kind of suggests he's pretty much on the fringes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, in that Villa game there was a relatively contentious penalty, although. What there actually was was a completely uncontentious penalty that was treated as if it was contentious by the punditocracy. Um, the the Villa player clips Pogba's left leg, which pushes Pogba's left leg into his right leg, and he trips himself over. Not a dive, however. Pogba um, not exactly. Uh, shying away from the general diving thing by telling Luke Shaw, go over, go over. He was right, well, though. Pogba had a point then. I mean, it's uh, he might want to say it, not demonstrate it, um, because the camera's obviously going to pick up on that. But you do not get the penalty uh, unless you go down, right? So, you know, in the Pogba's case, he's 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 clipped and he's gone over and it's not controversial other than because VAR looks at it, you can give it the headline, VAR gives United penalty. Uh, but yeah, the Luke Shaw one's definitely a foul. If he goes over, it's given. And Pogba got elbowed in the face by Tyrone Mings as well and really, like, really does. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Martial would have something to say about that. You know, somehow it's that's okay, but um, getting a bit, you know, tickling the uh, opposition player is not. Um, and, and also, like, yeah, saying VAR gave that penalty, it's like, the referee blew and pointed at the spot and then they checked whether he was wrong and he wasn't. And it's, I mean, my friend Connor did a really funny tweet. Um, you know, there's that Liverpool analyst that tweeted something about the number of touches in the box. Because obviously we're all saying, well, we've got loads of players that dribble in the box, um, which is true. That's one of the reasons United get a lot of penalties is they've got a lot of dribblers. And he was like breaking down number of dribbles, number of touches in the box. Liverpool were way ahead. My friend Connor tweeted, yeah, because as soon as, of course, they got more touches in the box. As soon as our players go in the box, they get fouled. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's absolutely not wrong. There, there was a segment that um, Keys and Gray <laughs> uh, <laughs> had on Bean Sports. Uh, like very occasionally, I dial into Bean and and check out what they've got to say. It's it's uh, they are uh, you know the dinosaurs you imagine them to be, um, but uh, yeah, they were just like kind of freewheeling it. Oh, I haven't really looked at this, but I imagine like twenty of the thirty-three penalties United have had in the last calendar year. Oh, is it last calendar year? Last yeah, I guess two so. seasons? I current, last two yeah. seasons. Last season. Yeah, whatever this, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, we're not right. You know, it's like, dudes. <laughs> dudes. But it shapes um, the conversation. Like, even on, um, on Match of the Day, the commentator on Match of the Day said something like, that doesn't look like a penalty to me. Now, in the analysis, Ian Wright was like, this is definitely a penalty. There's absolutely nothing controversial about this. I think Shearer and Lineker both pretty much agreed with him. But these things really do shape the narrative and they shape the conversation. The, the, and because, you know, I mean... A lot of United fans take great joy in the fact that other teams are now, com- other fans of other teams are now complaining about us again, which is like, hey, we're back, baby, you know. Um, but, you know. I mean, Leicester have been awarded four more penalties than United, and Brighton have been awarded the same amount of penalties. So, obviously, the gods of VAR are Leicester, United, and Brighton fans. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we've talked a lot about Wolves. How Wolves were involved in a three-all draw 
is absolutely like I cannot comprehend it. Worth saying, one of the Wolves' goals was an own goal by a Brighton player because Wolves cannot score more than two goals. It's written in their contract. Um, so should we take a quick break and then come back and and preview the City game? Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Christmas break? No, it's it's all been very jolly jolly. It really hasn't it? has. Well, okay. Before we before we move on, like, what were your personal highlights? Of what did you enjoy the most out of all that fun football? I I enjoyed the um, the really super professional performance uh, at Everton. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that from a much changed side, but um, thought that was um, really stylish. Um, I enjoyed um, Marcus Rashford getting on the score sheet um, against uh, Wolves right at the end, and I of course enjoyed the absolute spanking of Leeds. Uh, those of us of a certain age remember Leeds in the Premier League. Remember having to go to Leeds and quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I, that's Leeds and Leeds and the Wolves goal definitely top it for me, uh, but. Uh, the reaction to Eric Bailly by the team and the incredible team spirit that's clearly there. There's something. There's something happening. It doesn't. It doesn't mean we're going to win the league. But my goodness, compared to where we were this time two years ago, or just over two years ago, there is a there's a joy there. <laughs> Mourinho piping up about Harry Kane scoring all these goals without ten of them being penalties, um, as an obvious dig at Fernandez. <laughs> and somebody said to me, "Well, to be fair, it's not like he's having any more like unpleasant sarky digs at United players than he was when he was the manager," <laughs> which is very <laughs> true. It's very true. Um, yeah. But yeah, all right. So we'll take a break and then uh, and then talk about a real tough game. <laughs> If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. I mean, I don't know why I say it's a real tough game, to be fair, before the break, but because we just beat them every time, don't we? I guess it was a, a very, very bad game the last time we played them, that nil-nil draw of of great repute among fans of absolutely awful football matches ambitionless dross i can't see this one being yes. like that well well at the time everyone was kind of happy with that i mean it's, that's only it's, it's only three weeks ago that it came i mean feels like a lifetime ago i mean one, one of the things about city and and the why why it's a tough game is of course you know they've picked up some form um they uh like after us they drew west brom yeah, everyone's like, well, so you're having a hard time. Is Pep going to stay? Is he going to go? He's now signing a new contract. Then they beat Southampton and Arsenal away. Comfortable win over Newcastle and, and just absolutely spanked Chelsea, you know. And, and so they they are looking more like the city we know and don't love, um, uh, which is unfortunate. Oh, no, presumably they will make quite a lot of changes for the, the League Cup semi-final. They've had to make some changes today because they've had COVID in the camp. You know, and that we don't know how serious that will be. Um, but they miss, they're missing some players. Don't know the impact it will have on those players uh, yet. Um, but uh, but with all these games, they will have to make some changes. Now we'll we'll see what we get. Of course, we could probably do with like nobbling Kevin De Bruyne pretty quickly in this game because everything he touches is gold at the moment, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I, I, I couldn't tell you what style of game we'll get. 
You know, obviously, Oli has a certain way of playing against City, which is to not play, really, and then try and catch them on the break, which hasn't always been the case, but has generally been the yeah, case. Yeah, although the, that last one, it did sort of feel like United's caution over... Like, they weren't, like, piling forward on the break. I mean, if you think about that last game with fans at Old Trafford, where we beat City, when McTominay scored that, like, ball when the, the keeper kicked it out, and he, he kind of, like, first time looped it from 45 yards or whatever it was. Um, that uh, that performance was very sort of muscular and dynamic and aggressive, like soak it up and hit him on the break. The, the one the other week was really a real damp squib from both sides, actually. Um, I mean, this is not going to be that because it's the semi-final of a cup competition. There's nothing... I mean, the only thing there is to lose is the game. You, It's binary, isn't it? It's There's no there's no benefit to, to keeping your powder dry and a nil-nil draw does nothing for for anyone in this game. No, no it doesn't. But Solskjaer may well calculate that being circumspect is the best way to beat a yeah. City side that will have presumably 60% of the ball. But it surprises me sometimes in these big games. I always say that's how I expect you know, United to to line up and play in some of the bigger games. Of course, it's an evolving United side, one in good mm. form that's playing well. It has lots of creative talent. I mean, I think for sure there's about nine in this side you could pick. Well, well, right. is there? I mean, are we assuming Henderson? Is that is that a solid assumption? I, I mean, yes, I'd be surprised. It'd be a big kick in the teeth for him if it's yeah. not. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, he's a kind of Romero. Size to kick in the teeth um, if he doesn't play. Uh, the, the rest of them, I mean, I, I guess Tellers will come in for sure, but it might not do. But I, I, you know, he's been rotating Shaw as a I, presumably a way of protecting him. Um, Maguire will play because he always plays. Uh, yeah, played more minutes than any other professional footballer uh, in the calendar year 2020. Yeah. Any other professional footballer, not any Premier League player, not any outfield player, played more minutes than the goalkeeper who played the second most minutes out of his own Brazilian goalkeeper in the world. In the world, Harry <laughs> Maguire played the most minutes. <laughs> well, see, minutes. he plays, he hasn't played two games in a row for a very long time. Uh, Lindelof, by the way, was very high on that list too. Well, you know, trusted by Solskjaer, plays a lot of... Well, Lots of Eric Bailly's now played four games in a row. The first time he's ever done that for United. <laughs> mm. um, oh, and but I mean, then then in midfield will be an interesting question. Does he because he likes to go with the the double pivot against City? He almost always yeah. does, and and you'd expect that to be Freddie McTominay. But do either of those need a rest? And and does he want to freshen it but, up? But um, we'll but see. But the thing is that the timing of this is ideal, really, because he can go for this one. I mean, we, we played on Friday and this is Wednesday and the game after it's Watford. It, exactly. And then it's Watford. Yeah. yeah. So, he's, so which kind of suggests it'll be a stronger team than might normally be the case in the, the EFL Cup. I wonder whether, with the exception of Henderson, it's exactly who he'd pick in a Premier League game if we had a Premier League game against City coming up this midweek. In, in which case, the only choices really are who plays on the left of attack? Does Marcel, Martial come in up front and Rashford play left or does Pogba stay left and Rashford play up front? And, and that's, I guess there's a choice on the right. Does Rashford switch to the right and then play all of them or does Greenwood come yeah. in? But apart from that, not many choices. I mean, if it's a 
he's treating it like a Premier League game. Yeah, and I, I think there's absolutely no reason not to, right? I mean, barring you don't want somebody to get a serious injury, but you don't want that in any circumstance, and that can happen any any time. In terms of like... And, and the value of a trophy is high, I think, for Solskjaer, you know, to, to maintain this, you know, a final to look forward possibly with fans in April. That, Seems yeah, unlikely, but, shot. you know, possibly... Uh, yeah, it's it would be a massive boost. Uh, so we'll be totally wrong, and Donny will play <laughs> along with uh, with uh, Lingard and uh, one matter. Oh, uh, one matter, I guess, is an outside chance to play. Um, but I just think it's very unlikely. I, I, Didn't play at all over the Christmas period, nope. did he? Don't think he even got not on the pitch. at all. Maybe did he play against Everton at some point? I can't remember. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, and Bruno actually dedicated a goal to him. Uh, I can't remember which game it was in. I guess the Leicester game. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting. So anyway, so I wonder if there's something going on there. Um, what what we do know uh, is that Solskjaer is going to take the derby aspect of this seriously because this club you know i know what this game means like uh, of course it's the efl cup which isn't the top of our priority list but it's a trophy and it's a derby in a semi-final and i have to pay i have to play my strongest 11 in this in this game i have to um i feel like i feel like that seems like a, a pretty likely outcome but as for what that will lead to, what, what's the what, yeah? What was the result then? No idea. I mean, one of, one of the things. So City are are also have a home tie against Birmingham in the first round, in the third round of the FA Cup after this. So they'll play their full strength side. Well, barring the injuries and coronavirus stuff that they've got going on. Um, yeah, hopefully the outbreak spreads. Mm. I mean, you know, I don't wish ill. Are you well, sure, are you, sure well. you want to say, hopefully, are you sure that that's the position you want on public record? Because you <laughs> Look, know that... Putting all rival, rivalries aside, I hope they die, <laughs> all right? Um, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a, a bunch of false positive tests and from panicked... Medical false staff. Positives. An yeah. outbreak of false positives at Man City is fine. <laughs> That'll take. They're all young, fit men. They'll all be perfectly fine with a with a touch of the Ronies. I mean, honestly, Maybe. if you want to, listeners, the difference between that take and the articles he sends to the WhatsApp group <laughs> about how terrible it is, it's very different. So, and that, you know, in all seriousness, it's actually been pretty nasty for a couple of footballers who've uh, really struggled. But anyway. It's true. Um, true. The uh, the the point being, this this is going to be hard to pick right now, as has been the tradition all the way through this season so far. If United have played well in the previous game, I'm inclined to suggest they'll play well in the next game. And when they lose, I feel like they're never going to win again. Um, it's been a hell of a run. It's got to come to an end sometime. I'm not sure. I. I kind of feel like they are going to be ridiculously up for this. Like ridiculously top level maximum up for this. Semi-final, derby. Last season they got to three semi-finals and lost them all. They are going to be absolutely desperate to get that monkey off their back. And I think this... I'm I'm sure they're going to be gagging for it, but it doesn't always... Uh, translate into a, a perfect performance against this city side, which will have 60% possession and create a bunch of chances. The thing is, United are quite good when they're not 
defending individual moments badly, about constructing a defensive situation for games like yeah. this. Right. So they City will probably have 20 shots or something like that, but a whole load of them will be from outside the area. Sometimes we're not blown away like happened in a previous semi-final. Um, we might be okay. Yeah, and we might be all right. Yeah, and I'm going to predict one all and a win for United on penalties. Bruno will take all five of them, <laughs> if, if only. 2-1 uh, to United, thanks to a, a VAR injury time penalty before penalties. <laughs> Great. Um, I, I don't know whether you caught... Uh, on uh, on social media, uh, for listeners, because I sent it to the, the WhatsApp group, uh, Japanese Youth Cup final penalty, um, in which the um, the one of the players takes a penalty. Like imagine Simone Zaza, right? That penalty, but he does it for a very <laughs> long time. I want Bruno to do one of those and the hop. And then maybe Penenka it. Bruno Fernandes is so good at taking penalties. The one he took the other day was just unsavable. Just standard as well. It wasn't, there's was nothing fancy. No. He, just, he just ran up and walloped into the corner. Uh, uh, there's an interview, uh, loath as I am to plug official Man United stuff. There's an interview on their app, 20 minute long interview, video interview with Bruno Fernandes. It's well, well worth your time if you've got 20 minutes spare. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's really good. The, the, at one point, the the interviewer presents him with a non-penalty goal stat, which is something like he has more non-penalty goals than any other midfielder in the league. Um, I wonder if that's since he arrived. I guess it must be. And he's like, I don't want to hear the non-penalty. I want the stat including penalties because believe me, you have to score them. And it's like, yes, absolutely. Never mind your non-penalty stats. Um, we love penalties. We do. Love Absolutely. Them. Yeah. Someone said that. I saw someone say that on Twitter, actually. Like, why is everyone moaning about it? Everyone loves penalties. No one's ever said, like, oh, this game's rubbish. It's got penalties in it. Penalties are great. And, yeah, long may they continue. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, happy New Year. I hope that it's, uh, I mean, this goes without saying, but I hope that it's a year which uh, brings with it less uh, horrible challenge and that whatever challenges you are facing the wind is in your sails to face them um and for patron backers stay tuned we're going to talk for i guess a while about all the football that's happened since we were last here in-depth reviews of all 150 games or whatever it is yeah sure yeah yes. yeah <laughs> all right see you um uh, on thursday or whenever it is yeah i guess we're gonna put a show out on friday because we're Oh, God. Oh, no, I'm all excited because it's the first show back, but then, then the second show back's always a killer. It's like, oh, yeah, got to keep doing this. Good. No, you got to let it. the adrenaline pump, Paul. Yeah. Uh, anyway, have a great one, everyone. See you soon.